tonight I uh, would like to explore joy and I want to refer to a text by Shantideva, the Bodhisattva who in the seventh chapter uh, talks about joy as one of the six far-reaching attitudes. The far-reaching far attitudes or six parameters, which are the practices for Bodhisattva. Generosity, patience, ethics, and then joy, and then meditation and wisdom. And joy, so the fourth of the six parameters or four far-reaching attitudes, is also translated as heroic perseverance or enthusiasm. And Shantideva defines joy in this context as the lighting in virtue. So virtue is a bit of a strange word for us. So it is the lighting in things which increase your vitality. Uh, the lighting in doing things which are aligned with your core values, which are aligned with vision of your life. So acting in alignment with what really matters to you. In uh, understanding that you're going to die soon, that death is certain and that the time of death is uncertain. And there is that particular joy, that uh, vitality which arises within us when we are aligned which is with what is really important to us. One reason for looking into this is first because I'm teaching uh, the Bodhisattva Tara in the Copenhagen group and we reached this chapter, so that's one reason. But the other reason is that I notice in myself, uh, in the situation I am now, uh, being lock locked in my mother retreat, so being uh, the caretaker of a very sick person, who is my mother, which makes it more complicated, but also because I'm not uh, traveling, so I don't benefit from the vitality which arises in me when I'm around people, you know, when our energy bodies meet and um, uh, even if uh, usually I don't touch uh, the participants, uh, we touch um, in, uh, uh, on an energetic level. So this combined together uh, makes it necessary for me to find ways how I can rise my own, my vitality, my eros, uh, being being in seclusion. Yeah, so that's uh, the other reason why I am interested in um, in this topic right now. And joy is uh, joy is a difficult thing for us. So I'm often talking about uh, how to relate to so-called difficult feelings, but. There's also the challenge we have to relate to joy. 
because in our psychological history we often have heard you know don't be so loud or don't be uh, don't 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 play so much or uh, don't be so silly or so there there is uh, there's probably uh, in different degrees depending on the the family or the country you know if if you if you were raised in barcelona maybe there was a bit more space for emotional expression but you know a lot of you uh, have been raised in copenhagen so uh, there's a kind of heaviness in that culture regarding joy and emotional expression so as children many in germany as well uh, at least in the north of germany yeah, so there is that um that fear uh, in us to you know to to dance to express joy to uh, to get into the flow to uh, to shine yeah and uh, that's interesting to uh, to observe and um, so i i would like to bring us in touch a bit with the areas in our life which bring joy, aliveness, vitality, and also how can we do our spiritual practice, yoga or meditation or study or more formal Tibetan Buddhist practices, how can we uh, do that so that we delight in it, that it raises our vitality so that not uh, duty or guilt or shame are the the reasons why we practice but because when we go to our meditation cushion or into the yoga mat uh, how to uh, go into these places in a way that it actually uh, raises our eros raises our vitality uh, a sense of aliveness, a sense of enjoying, enjoying to be embodied, yeah, not, and not feeling it as a burden, but enjoying to be embodied. And in the beginning of the chapter on joy, uh, Shanti Deva he describes the obstacle to joy and uh, he calls it laziness which is not you know this kind of laziness which we usually would uh, uh, would use this word for and uh, he describes three kinds of laziness and the first one is comfort orientation and the second is losing heart and the third is self-despondency. Uh, it's a new word I learned. Uh, so what, what self-despondency. So what that means is I'm not worth anything. Doesn't matter. I don't make a difference and uh, I'm not worth it. And... Uh, I don't love myself. I don't like myself. I don't like myself in my body. I don't like my body. I don't like 
my sexuality. I don't. I, I just feel uncomfortable with myself. I'm not good enough. Yeah. So that's the the third kind of uh, laziness, uh, which is um, a lack of self-respect, a lack of self-acceptance, uh, a lack of uh, self-worth, and yeah. Uh, after our first meditation, I, I would like to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so if you have comments or questions, you can interrupt me after the meditation or we will have a break around 8 o'clock and then you could uh, write down some questions or comments or after the break, after the second meditation, I will give some space. But first, uh, let's take 15-20 minutes to arrive in this body. I mean, you're already there. It's just more uh, becoming aware. Yeah? So a bit of shifting. And yeah, as you already do, you adjust your posture a bit. Uh, not, too, uh, not too tight, but also not too sloppy. So you take your space yeah? with some confidence. So this is my space. I have the right to be here. Oh, the chest a bit open and and then we take the time to to arrive or to realize that we have arrived in this present moment and if you like you can close your eyes and then you allow this shift to happen as always from the head into the body from the doing to the being here. And it is a shift of allowing. So it's not something you do, it's something you allow to happen. And you can rest your attention lightly on the breath, the aliveness of the breath, and then you slide into your body initially like into the whole body down into your legs and feet also and in the trunk of your body you can take a couple of deeper in and out breaths to feel the aliveness and you feel that this is like an embrace you you're hugging yourself and you welcome all the guests in the guest house of your body And then in the out-breath, there's a quality of letting go. So we let go of the agendas, of the control freak, of the meditator. You lose interest a bit into the inner dialogue. And instead, 
bring the spacious aliveness in your body uh, to the foreground. In your belly, hands, shoulders. And we stay connected with our surroundings, but also we open to the connection in the group, to the field of aliveness which arises when we sit quietly together, a spacious presence. where we can connect from heart to heart. And breathing, I'm alive. And just opening to what is happening, receiving what is happening in this moment, my voice, all the sense perceptions. You're breathing together. Only if you notice that you are entangled too much in the inner dialogue, you make this little shift again, sliding back. And maybe you notice there's some contraction in your body or somewhere where you're a bit stuck and you allow that, but keep it open. So neither focusing on it nor ignoring it. It's just one way aliveness expresses itself in this moment. turning and resting. And just like us here, um, in our meeting, there's countless other people who are in the presence of the divine in silent prayer, in celebration, but also in despair and aliveness. And we can join that field of shared humanity.
finding a place of rest by allowing this moment to be what it is and noticing the flow of things, expression of aliveness. And you look and you rest in the space, in the silence. body like a mountain and the heart like the sky, spacious aliveness, present moment awareness. aliveness of the breath and the spaciousness at the end of the out-breath the silence rest right there allowing this moment to be exactly what it is. Appreciating the aliveness, spacious aliveness. Even where it does not feel so good in your body, it's also expression, radiance of that aliveness. Just a bit denser.
And then I invite you to experiment if through images and memories you can connect with the joy, with eros, with vitality. So you can't force it, obviously, but sometimes very gently you can rise, eros, vitality, life's energy, by remembering dancing or touching, kissing, doing things you really like to do, helping, cooking, going for walks, playing a music instrument, painting. So just very gently, not even trying to push, just gently see if you can kindle the sense of flow, the sense of vitality and eros by remembering or imagining imagining those activities and those moments where you feel more alive, where you shine more. This can be also quiet moments, so I'm not necessarily talking about big exciting things. And just see with your breath and the sense of your body if you very gently can open the lower chakras root and navel uh, solar plexus but also the heart chakra maybe you want to think about a certain person or certain situation and there could be also resistance like a heaviness and then you allow that to happen you just stay present could be a sense I'm not allowed to shine I'm not allowed to connect with arrows and then you become aware of that then it's fine it's one of the many guests in the guest house of our body Let this moment just unfold as it wants to unfold. Nature, beauty, music, touch, kiss, singing, talking with someone about something which is important to you.
and allow whatever wants to arise to arise and breathing into embracing And then you let it spread, if you can touch a bit of vitality into your whole body and into your surroundings, into this group. Also, something childlike in that joy, a wonder, a silliness. So, we don't take this serious. Maybe you can feel it in your belly, in the pelvis but also maybe in your face or in your hands, in your feet. How do, how do you like to ex express uh, the simple joy of being alive in your life? that spread towards every cell of your body. If you can bring out the lover, the healer, the warrior, Let everything just flow. If you feel heaviness or contraction, just let it be there. The joy of drinking clear water when you're thirsty or or eat wonderful food with friends. The joy of sitting in the morning sun after a cold night. The joy of being surprised. The joy of holding a hand. The joy of observing playing children. 
more birds. And the joy of singing loud in the cow under the shower. And allow yourself to be bathed in that kind of joy. joy of generosity, the joy of friendship, the joy of falling in love or being attracted, the joy of taking care of your children, of your cat. The joy of creating something, creativity, the joy of creativity. The joy of the forest and the ocean, mountains. The joy of meeting your masters and mentors and teachers and fellow practitioners. The simple joy of hearing, seeing, tasting, smelling. The simple joy of just being aware. joy of deep rest, of feeling safe, and the joy of helping another person, the joy of opening your heart. The joy of walking. The joy of art. The joy of the mystery of this moment.
Stay in the felt sense of your body. For a few more minutes, we just sit quietly in whatever is there for you. Letting go a bit of the mental images and the words I said. Just slide into spacious aliveness, present moment awareness, and being here. Nowhere else to go, nothing to do. Nothing you need to understand. Just feeling, hearing, sensing. Just resting. Towards the end of the meditation, maybe we can stop with the intention or setting an intention to seek joy, to emphasize joy for the benefit of everyone, for the benefit of this world. To share joy, we need to be in joy. To share light, we need to connect with the light within us. It's not self-indulgent. We do it for our friends and our family and for the people we work with and for everyone we meet.
And then if you have your eyes closed, you come back, open your eyes, just maybe staying a bit. Connected with the body and the breath and the sense of aliveness. feel a little strange as a repressed, repressed Catholic German to talk to Danish people about joy. <laughs> so that's how it is. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's good because, I mean, if I can do it, everyone can do it. Yeah. Uh, So the, the obstacles uh, towards uh, joy, according to Shantideva, uh, the first one is comfort orientation. And uh, so this is something to, be, to become aware of, you know, not to judge it, but uh, to become aware of so that particularly in times like that, where we might be cut off from some of the things which usually bring vitality and joy to us, like you know, meeting or going to, um, to a dance club or you know, meeting your friends. Uh, so we have uh, less of that available. And, uh, and then it is easy to slip a bit into a, a, a kind of a dullness of uh, less moving, of uh, you know, kind of kind of a bit of a couch potato, yeah. So we can't eat the real food, so instead we drink uh, Coca Cola, uh, yeah. And so I guess you you all know that kind of things we do which give us something but it's like in the end we feel even more we feel worse than before yeah? because it's not it's not really touching us in that place which we want to awake uh, and it's often some poisonous stuff either for the body or for our mind like you know stupid entertainment or and then also we have this uh, after some time, we really get the feeling of oh, I'm wasting my life, I'm, I'm wasting my time, and it's not even nourishing. And it's possible to kind of uh, slide into a mood of that. No, it's epic. That's at least how I experienced it the last few weeks. Um, uh, there. It's like a, it's like a, a heaviness, a dullness. 
maybe complaining, you know, oh, I can't see my friends, I, can, I can't do this and I can't do that. Um, instead of, uh, you know, looking for alternatives. And I noticed for myself uh, that I needed to be a bit, uh, a bit firm with myself to, you know, do some of the more energetic, uh, emotional, spiritual practices. There was a resistance, yeah. Uh, because it's easier to just lie down and watch Netflix for hours yeah? instead of doing a connected breathing exercise for 15 minutes, which could really like lift you out of this uh, this happiness or going for a walk. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's a lot, uh, at least it's for me, um, it has a lot to do with movement. Yeah, with movement and breath and uh, and you know there's this resistance, comfort orientation, and in our culture we are supported in that. You know, so because we are go- we are supposed to buy all this stuff, we are supposed to you know be addicted to comfort uh, because then we are you know, little little consumers who, uh, and other people can make money with us with a poisonous thing yeah poisonous is maybe a little bit too strong but it, but at least not really not really what we are looking for so it's good to be aware of that the comfort seeker in us not to judge that uh, that aspect but to uh, not to let him or her to drive the car so What is it what prevents us from touching ourselves, from massaging our body, from taking care, making nice food uh, for us, really taking care? What is it? What what prevents us to, to, to go for a walk or have a dance to dance in the morning or so what what kind of uh, you know in our internal family system in our uh, in this complex uh, inner world uh, so which parts uh, prevent us to do this and probably you will find some kind of voices of oh don't be silly uh, you're too much don't you know, don't play around. What would other people think if they would see you dancing in the morning? Or uh, how does it look like? You know? All this uh, all this heaviness, uh, all these other parts of us which prevent 
the joyful part in us to come out and have some space. I, I encounter that uh, sometimes in people who get into a bit of a heavy-duty way of practice, you know, particularly in the Tibetan tradition where you have all these commitments and this and that and 100,000 of that and uh, so you know, and and then they dry out you know? uh, and sadly uh, I met quite a lot of people uh, they they drop uh, the music instrument they played before you know they drop uh, to go to the dancing cl class which they used to do before or they drop uh, the painting because they need to practice the dharma <laughs> it's like uh, people no some people start stop to travel uh, yeah why why should I go to you know to Ibiza and you know I do a, a heavy duty meditation retreat and do another one and a thousand things uh, then uh, because that's that's the Dharma yeah and then uh, then there's this danger that we cut ourselves from uh, from the vitality and I'm happy that uh, I managed uh, to uh, inspire some people to get to the basement and bring out their drums and uh, again and yeah but that's not the Dharma you know? yeah it is you know particular from a tantric point of view uh, so uh, from a tantric from the tantric point of view uh, you would actually seek out consciously those things which bring joy into your life and then uh, uh, be spacious there. Yeah, so be spacious. So the, the, the tantric practices about the union of bliss and space or the union of bliss and emptiness yeah? to, to increase your vitality and, and to increase your joy without getting caught up into it, you know, without putting layers on it of, oh, I shouldn't enjoy this, who, who am I, I don't deserve this, this is self-indulgence. Uh, yeah. So some people get afraid of chocolate because there's attachment. Yeah. And... Yeah, attachment is one of the parts which con, 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 uh, which which cut us from that vitality. So uh, the grasping is a problem, but the solution here, from the tantric point of view, is not to to avoid these uh, these places because there could be grasping. Yeah? So instead of that, we go into the situation of joy, and we learn to be spacious there and breathe there and and uh, you know and soften the grasping so be a joy detective Maybe some of you remember last year I talked about being a seva detective, at seva the tenderness and the warmth in, in our heart and daily life. Uh, so equally important it is to be a joy detective. Yeah? 
to uh, to become more to become aware and seek out the places in our life which bring joy, uh, aliveness, vitality, and then uh, bringing spaciousness into that. And then also, if you want to uh, immediately turn it into Mayana practice, then you would uh, you would uh, offer that joy. So you would you would say, "Oh, may everyone around me experience the same joy of dancing, of touch, of art, of creativity, of movement." May everyone uh, may may everyone I touch, uh, may everyone I meet today, everyone who thinks about me today. Uh, every place where I go, may this become a more joyful place, a more a more a lighter place, no, not so serious. Can I share an experience? Sure. Because I feel so joyful. <laughs> so um, sometimes it also helps, like to do something that you never did before and. I started a garden project mm. and I'm so happy today I picked out um, a potato field and I planted potatoes and it was so joyful, <laughs> I think, and the whole day. So sometimes it's really good yeah. like doing something you probably, yeah, normally you don't do. So. That's, that's, that's so good. Uh, and that's exactly my experience. Like the last three years, I did all these crazy, crazy things. Um, I don't tell you what because you know I have a, I have a reputation to to defend in the serious Buddhist world. But uh, so I did the last three years. I did so many things which I have never have done before, and of course there's fear. So it for, with some some of the things, for example, dancing. It took me like two years of hell to, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't give up, yeah. yeah so there, there is the, there is the, uh, there is the, all these obstacles and also the ideas, you know, you might have the idea, ah, that potating, pota uh, planting potatoes, uh, making my hands dirty, I, I would never enjoy that. And then you do that, yeah, and then suddenly comes joy. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's also like to be ex an explorer, yeah, and then there is this very magical joy of doing something for the first time, the first kiss, yeah. Forty years ago, in my case, yeah, the first time you uh, you you enjoy dancing. That happened for me one year ago, after two years of struggling with it. Uh, and uh, another example, like more from daily life, uh, because I, I'm cooking now every day, so I get the transmission of German cooking from my mother. Uh, and... Uh, she can't, uh, I mean, she is, she's supervising me in the kitchen, but she can't see a thing. So, uh, but, uh, uh, so I, I, I can, my, I, I can have my secret life here, but, uh, 
But uh, so I, I discovered that, uh, um, and before, I mean, I, I did cooking uh, in my life also for many people, but it was more like, oh, no, I, I rather would sit in my room and do some serious awakening meditation. <laughs> yeah. And because now I'm forced, uh, I think I'm here since two months or something already. Uh, so I, I, I'm forced uh, to do this. And, and then now I started to discover the joy in, you know, in, in buying the things and you know, getting the tr German transmission of uh, in my family on how to do the dishes. And, uh, and, uh, and it's really fun. And, and it's so bizarre, me and my mother in the kitchen. <laughs> it's like uh, trying to control what I'm doing without seeing what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's a simple joy. And that's something like if someone would ask me four months ago, you know, where's joy in your life? Cooking would be like not on that list. Yeah, but now it is. Yeah. So, and there we can see how we are afraid. Yeah, we are afraid to grow out of the things, the way we usually think. And that's also the, this comfort orientation. This is just, you know, going the same. You do the same. Uh, you do it the same way. And, you know, it feels kind of safe, but there's no life there. And, you know, if you have a spiritual practice, you know, and I know some people, they have, they, they do a, a, a sadhana or something like for 10, 15, 20 years, and it's like the same, it's the same, there's no challenge, there's no, there's no experimentation, because we are comfort seeker, we, we, something in us is an addicted, addicted in that kind of comfort of routines, yeah? Same face, same same ways to get up, same breakfast, same same people to see, same work, same fitness center, yeah, and uh, and uh, and that's like that's like a way to kill the joy. And uh, I was just pushed by some of my, by people who I trust, yeah? uh, who kind of you know, push me out of that cocoon. It's like a cocoon of, uh, of habits. Yeah? Do something crazy. You know? And don't stop with, with 20. <laughs> so, uh, you know, never stop with you know, doing crazy things. I, I hope I will go to a Tantric festival with 95, yeah? being the oldest person, or whatever, something more crazy. And it's good to, uh, you know, I mean, one, uh, one compass I had always in the things I did the last three years was uh, I went there where I was most afraid. And some of the things I, I did, I, I, yeah, okay, that was not, uh, so it's not, yeah, it's not my thing. And, uh, but then uh, there's the discovery you always make uh, when you 
do something unknown. And there's so many things unknown. I mean, one thing, for example, I never did, I, I, I never learned to play the drum. And, you know, that's on my list. Yeah. And I'm afraid of it. Yeah, but then if you, if, if you do it and you, 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 uh, you allow the resistance to be and to, uh, you allow the fears to arise and you stay with it and you, f and, and you find your way, your expression. I mean, it's also about finding your way to dance yeah? and give a shit about you know, how you should dance or what other people think. Just play your song. Yeah? And that's difficult. Something is in, in, in is, is afraid. And and that's uh, and that's the first kind of laziness. Uh, disconnecting from, from vitality because of comfort orientation. <laughs> 